when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I have an incredible guest today. His name is Bob Castle, and he's with WUNC, a radio station that feeds the entire Raleigh Triangle. And today we're going to be talking about radio in the 21st century. So, Bob, how the heck are you, man? Doing great. Thank you for having me on Bacon Man. It's awesome. Anyways, I want to ask my audience to get to know you by you telling us a story. How did you go from selling cameras that contain <laughs> dreams to helping people fulfill their dreams on a radio station in Raleigh? Completely unrelated to one another. But I, I will say that it was the first time I ever sold anything. Uh, even though it was a bit of bait and switch, right? I thought it was a courier job, ended up being a little bit of a sales job. Uh, but it made you, right, talk to a variety of people and you learned that uh, you learned that selling is never, ever, ever about talking. It's about listening and it's about fulfilling needs and it's about answering questions. Um, the long and winding road was that when I finally got to college, uh, I worked as uh, an on-air announcer and the assistant program director at uh, WMRA in Harrisonburg, Virginia, when I was at JMU. And uh, then I strayed from uh, pub the public radio market. I didn't think he could make any money there. I was wrong. Um, and I went into... Um, Media sales uh, at the Alternative News Weekly Creative Loafing in Charlotte was there for about 10 years. Went to the Charlotte Observer, uh, did my own paper for a little while, um, ended up back at Creative Loafing for a number of years, and then uh, sold Yellow Pages, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> for mm. about 10 years. And then, then I found this, and I will retire here because there's never been a job that I've had that marries mission with the heart that I have. Um, as well as the sales aspect of it too, because um, again, selling is never about my commission. It's never about me making money. It is only about what the client needs and selling something that you couldn't be prouder of. And I could not be prouder of WUNC um, is a, it is a lifelong dream. And I'm so glad I found it before I retired. <laughs> so as you said, you know, sales is about listening, and, and obviously, radio stations have gone through quite the transformation. I mean, back in the day, I remember sitting down listening to, you know, a, a transistor radio or, you know, a stereo, mm -hmm. and people don't do that anymore, do they? They're listening, you know, maybe some people listen in their car, but there's so many different ways to get it. How has that transformed the way radio works today in your mind? Great question. Two of the industries I've been in, newspaper and yellow pages, both I saw the decline uh, come, right? And um, there there are still people that listen to radio in home, um, and we've got statistics, but it is uh, typically older demographics. Um, and my children, for an example, at 20, 
seven and 25 will never listen to terrestrial radio ever it's that that is over for that generation so as we've had to evolve right it's uh streaming and it's digital and it's calling you know out to uh i won't say her name of the smart speaker because she'll turn on but you say hey play wunc and so you can you can stream it that way um you know even our wnc app i mean i have I still have about 1.2 million session starts on the smartphone every year. Um, that's not insignificant, right? Um, mm -hmm. So it is changing, yes. Um, and the pandemic has really done a lot with drive time. You know, those have always been the tent poles for radio, right? The AM and PM drive. And uh, we saw the strangest thing happen where both eroded and that midday listening, it was almost like a camel's hump, if you will. Um, and I can't remember if a dromedary is two humps or what. I mean, the one hump camel, <laughs> right? So, but in the old days, it was the tent poles with the dip in the middle. And it and during the pandemic, that actually changed. Um, we've also seen listening on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday go up, and Monday, Friday. Friday used to be our our best day every uh, every week. Um, that has changed where Monday and Friday are now are, are a little bit less listened to than Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't have hard data on it, but I, which, I bet you anything I could extrapolate that as people are working from home more, what are they doing? I, I would I'd do this too, Monday and Friday from home so that I'll work in the office in the midweek, right? And kind of extend your weekend. Not really, but you know what I mean. You're, you, you, you don't have to do also that commuting. So. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, we've seen a transformation happen, and so yes, we we are we are um, one of the stations here in 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 um, the public radio sphere that are really working hard to to make that transformation to digital. But it is an interesting topic of conversation: is what are we going to be doing down the road? I mean, AM radios aren't being put into the new Teslas, right? And right. so, what's the future of FM? I mean, and what's the future of a self-driving car? Are you going to listen to something? Doubtful. I think you're going to watch something. So, well, hopefully they are listening and not watching because um, that could be very dangerous at this point. I think we're a few years away from that. I agree. Hopefully, but, I did ride with my brother-in-law in a Tesla. I'd never mm -hmm. been in one before, right? And it is. I'm like, can you watch the road? Because he put it on self-driving mode, and it seemed pretty safe. But I, he was showing me a, the 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 game he was playing on his display and we watched a movie and i was like maybe you watch the road <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take a while to get used to that and it's also taking <laughs> us a while to get used to the fact that you know we can go to our smart speakers like you said we we are bipolar here we have the a and the s in different rooms and um <laughs> so we use both and you can easily call it up through an app or you can call it up through whatever it is that they call it on those particular devices. Mm -hmm. The question becomes with advertising, you know, if somebody wanted to do ads, are say that, you know, you're you're run through something like iHeartRadio or something along those lines. Do you still control the ads that people hear on those things? Or is it something that they control? Great question. Many of the commercial entities do a split where over, you, you can buy as an advertiser, you can buy over the air, you can buy the streaming, or you can make, I'm sure they offer some sort of combination of the both. Right now, we, it is 
one and the same with a slight exception i'll tell you about in a second but so when the stream starts the underwriting since our business we don't sell advertising we sell underwriting which is business and organizational sponsorship and in exchange you get the messages but that same message runs on air and it runs through the streaming devices so it's one in the same the one place that's a little different is i i have the ability to splice in a pre-roll i call it my beachfront property i love it because when someone says hey smart speaker play wunc or they go to their app or they launch it on their computer i got a 20 second message that will play right there it's a sponsor message it's called the pre-roll right before the live stream and man it's great and it's wonderful when i'm doing a sales call because i'll pull out my phone i'll hit tap and I'll, and we're all sitting there waiting for it right that's that you're someone's waiting for their content they're waiting for their npr news they're waiting for wunc and i get a this live stream of wunc is brought to you in part by sponsor name what they do more at this website and then the stream launches Mm-hmm. So it is it is marvelous. So that's the one thing that we'll sell that differs from our over-the-air signal. If that was answer your question, where a lot of the commercial stations and that's their job, right, is make as much money as possible. So they do that split, but I've listened to several of them. I'm picking up leads sometimes, or if or sometimes if the news is just such a way that I don't want to listen to it that day. Um, I'll listen to another station and I tend to hear many of the same sponsors. So I feel like they're either cornering the market on the streaming or it just hasn't been selling as well, but they do that split. Yeah. So in this short attention span theater that we live in, are you still selling 60 second radio spots or 30 second radio spots? No, it never did. Yeah. So FCC, uh, because we have the ability to to go on air and ask listeners to send us money to support us as a public entity, um, we we cannot sell uh, advertising, right? So it's it's technically called underwriting. And six more than you need to know. But in 1968, when the Corporation for Public Broadcasting started, uh, they allowed underwriting, which was name, rank, and serial number. That's it. You know, uh, sofa company located in Raleigh. Here's our telephone number. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, about the 80s, they they enhanced under the underwriting rules a little bit. So you could say something like, you know, sofa company uh, offering love chairs, bar stools, and, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, sofas um, in multiple colors. Uh, showroom is available in Raleigh. These hours, here's our website, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit easier. But all of that to say, they're 15 seconds, and it is quick. And I can only have three minutes of that an hour, where commercial radio station's 22. Let me marry this up for you. 40% of my listeners have advanced degrees. This is the smartest bunch of people in this area, right? And uh, just as an, an aside, I have heard that we have more listeners with advanced degrees than any public radio station in the country. I bet you could extrapolate that out to say any radio station in the country, because who's going to be smarter than a public radio listener? And that is no deference to regular commercial radio. It is just the way our listeners are. So if those folks, they are they are listening to us, and when they listen, they are not going to put up with 22 minutes of commercials like a commercial station could do. 
but a three minute uh, of it per hour and and I'll put three max next to each other. So 15, 15, 15, 45 seconds of uh, this this program is brought to you by XYZ, ABC, CBS, right? Three in a row and we're back to the news, back to the story. They don't leave the dial. They don't leave the stream. They listen and there's actually a lot of research to show that they appreciate the companies that sponsor us because they're sponsoring public radio, something that they probably give to as well. So it's this incredible marriage that we have. Uh, some crazy stats, 73% hold a more positive opinion of a company that supports public radio, 70% prefer to uh, purchase products and services from those that support public radio. So we're very blessed with the people that sponsor us uh, commercially. Um uh, you know, as well as our sustainers, which are the people like you and I that would give on a, on a on a monthly basis. Right. So, audio being the theater of the mind, a lot of production value goes into commercials. And so, since you're doing sponsorships, what what do you see? Because one of the things I'm trying to do is interpolate, you know, digital marketing today and a traditional medium like radio. And trying to figure out if somebody wanted to get a message across, what sticks with a listener best in that short fifteen second yeah. spurt? And and there's no we can't we do all live reads. So our hosts Eric Hodge and Catherine Brond and uh, others that might fill in, they read them live, right? So they're okay. And uh, the programming is brought to you by do 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 forty five seconds max, and then we're back to the news. So, um, and the FCC heavily regulates what we can say. So, silly things. I can't have calls to action. I can't have, and nor do I want. By the way, I completely agree with all of this. Um, uh, simple things. If somebody was having an event and registration was required, um, I can't say register at and their website. I have to say registration at and their website it's still implied but mm -hmm. we can't have the calls to action we can't have superlatives i i can't say i can't say if someone has won a nobel prize and they're coming to give a speech because that is a superlative that you know let's say it was at a bookstore that that one bookstore could afford to bring the nobel prize winner but another bookstore could not bring them if it's an appointment, if it was an ambassadorship or something like that, I can say that. If a guy was a general in the army, I can say he was a general. But we can't say Nobel Prize winning or Pulitzer Prize winning or any of that stuff. So hmm. it's very basic. But again, I completely agree with it because it's all about the listeners in public radio. It is not about making advertisers happy, though we do. Please don't misunderstand me. But it is all about the listeners because if you don't have the listeners, you got nothing to sell anyway, right? I mean, right. I'm already bragging about the the um, the advanced degrees that they have. Well, not always, but usually, and in this case, it's true. The more education you have, the more money you make, right? Sixty percent of my listeners make a hundred thousand dollars or more. It's the best in any radio station in the market, and so they've got disposable income. They've they're smart. And they listen. My P1 listener, the one who listens all the time um, and as our preferred radio station, is off the chart. They just don't listen to other radio. If they're a radio listener, 
they're listening to WUNC. It's very striking. Lastly, I'll say this, because our area is so fertile for it, there's only five stations in the in the country who public radio stations typically lead the market in share. And I'm proud to say WNC is one of them. Uh, Oregon Public Broadcasting, WAMU in, in the district in DC, KQD in San Francisco, those are all areas where you can see why that would happen. But because of RTP, the state government, um, the major research universities we have here, this is fertile, fertile ground for public radio, and that's why we have so many listeners and sustainers. Very interesting. So what about on the app and the website? Uh, are you allowed to put calls to action there, too, or is that limited as well? That's a great question, Brian. Seriously, that and one that's debated in our, our industry, technically, yes. Uh, because you would not have to pay this. Uh, there's a tax called UBIT because it's not your core competency of on-air broadcasting. Any income from your website technically is not unrelated business income tax. But we feel like as respect for our listeners and our viewers on the website, it's just better to not muddy the water. Like, why would you not? Why would you go to a sponsor and say, "No, you can't say um, uh, tickets eighteen dollars on their on-air message, but you can put it in the digital"? It just seems confusing. And so, Live Nation is one of our big sponsors, and so we just say tickets available at LiveNation.com. So on the banner ad or any of those ads, can they click through to a website or is it just oh, yes. pure? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And and digitally, like I've got a, a little, you know, the post-it note, you know, the 300 by 250 on my website that, that we sell. Um, there's a, a banner ad on our app, of course. And then we have a newsletter, well, several newsletters um, that they can buy. So yeah, all of those, of course, they click and they can go anywhere you want them to go if you're a sponsor. Yeah. And so sometimes people will say, okay, well, I have a special event going on, or I'll have a, um, you know, an inventory event or a sales event going on. And they want it to go to a specific page. Yep. We can have it go anywhere they'd like. Excellent. So what do you see as the future of digital radio with people being able to do their own podcasts and create their own content and shred it out there? What makes what you do unique enough to keep listeners engaged? Oh, God, what a great question. It's the, and it's the question of the hour. Um, I think easily, though, the answer is, is the NPR content. You know, National Public Radio is, in any survey that you find, one of the most unbiased and most reliable news sources out there. Um, it and, and you just, there's no replacing that where... You and I are talking, and I'm giving you stats, and I'm saying my opinion and a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, I mean, truth is truth, and, and, and you know, it, it's almost, well, I love the, um, the narrow casting that's available today, is I can go and I can surround myself with stuff that makes me comfortable, and stuff that, um, that I choose, right? The days of broadcasting, in a lot of ways, are over. Where, where we're the media company, this is your choice, right? I mean, I think you're younger than me, but when I grew up, man, it was four channels, right? Mm -hmm. It was, it was, there was no Fox network. There was no cable. Right. So it was ABC, NBC, CBS, and, and PBS only if there was nothing else to watch. Right. <laughs> or you're watching Sesame Street, you know, but, um, 
oh, has it changed, right, through the years? And so now, instead of broadcasters sort of determining what you want to listen to, uh, I can tell you what I want to listen to. Now, all that said, um, people can give you all the opinions that they want, but if they weren't in that room talking with the president, uh, or if they weren't over in, um, I just heard Mary Louise Kelly, who's one of our hosts of All Things Considered out of NPR National, interviewing, I believe he was one of the foreign ministers of Iran, and she was interviewing people on the street and getting the truth. And this man was lying through his teeth, and she's calling him on it. Mm. Um, so, where we go in the future with is that a podcast? Is it is it just streamed digitally? Whatever, but that type of content, um, I hope, will never be ignored. I, I do fear that it might be though, because sometimes truth makes people uncomfortable, right? And yeah. so, I think I think we the the. People will just tend to surround themselves with, I want to only be around people who think like I do. Um, and, uh, and, and you sort of, <laughs> truth becomes what you want it to be. But what I hear from you is what you offer your audience is truth, trust, and timeliness. What you offer hmm. your sponsors is the ability to get in front of critical thinking people. And I think that is a combination for success. Um, are you? You're not looking for a job, are you? No, no, man, no. That no. was really, really good, Brian. And I'm telling you, you'd be great at this. I'm in the marketing uh, biz, so that's what I do. <laughs> can I just say what Brian said? Because that's what I'd like to say. That's how I'll respond. Awesome. That's perfect. So, Bob, this has been amazing. It's been fun to kind of venture into something. You know, I'm so used to talking about websites and Zoom meetings and, you know, all the digital stuff. And even though it is digital, it's it's got such traditional roots it's been a lot of fun talking about you know how public radio and radio in general is running now so if people want to learn more about you the radio station any of the programming any of that kind of stuff what's the best way for them to get a hold of you wnc.org go to the website uh there's a contact us page there of course and then um i don't know i'm we got a staff of about 80 or 90, I guess, but Bob Castle, and you could find me there. There's also an entire page dedicated for um, corporate sponsorship, um, business underwriting, and um, you can find that. I'm on that that as well. I'm on LinkedIn, of course, as well, but the, the last name being K-A-S-T-L. Many people won't find me uh, <laughs> that way. They, they hear Bob Castle, and they'll find my uh, former fraternity brother uh, mm. at JMU who was named that <laughs> Twin Towers that's there the way I'm go. looking at it anyways Bob this has been a blast thank you for coming on and dropping some sizzling bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps I appreciate you and your time and I look forward to getting to know you better thanks Brian this has been a, a lot of fun thank you for asking thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains want some more learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.